podcast ain't played nobody, Bill and Godfrey here. Godfrey, it tried to tell us. S&P tried to tell us. It tried to show us the truth here, and we did, we just can completely ignored it. It tried to tell us that Penn State and Auburn were good. It tried to tell us that Ohio State was too young to go undefeated. It tried to tell us that Washington was good. Uh, no matter what the, the archives say, it didn't. It, it's a lie if you think it tried to actually tell you that Notre Dame was also going to be good. Uh, that's a lie that somebody hacked that. Um, More importantly, it's going to tell us next week that Ole Miss is the best five-loss team in the nation. That's right. Yep. Three and four Ole Miss down to 19th overall, which I, again, can justify. I know people hate that uh, because when you lose, you're supposed to go down no matter what. But uh, Hey, real fast, what do you think of the weekend overall as a total product? I do believe you were at Columbia, Missouri's um, reckoning with Middle Tennessee State. Uh, I was in a gorgeous, gorgeous homecoming tailgate uh, and eventually a game two, yes. Okay. Um, I, put that in a pocket for a second. Uh, the yeah. week, the week as a whole, what do we think? Um, I mean, it really was kind of verification of a lot of things. Obviously, Penn State needed to needed two huge blocked kicks to beat Ohio State, but they they still proved that they could hang. And then once they got those special teams breaks, it it flipped the game entirely. Um, I, I mean, I think it was just a lot of teams looking the part. Ohio State, that was obviously the biggest surprise, but they at least, I mean, the, the problems they had were the problems we could kind of see coming if we squinted a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Michigan looked the part. Louisville said hello again, world. Uh, Alabama did Alabama things. Um, by the way, when Louisville says hello, world, it's the same way that my dog says hello, I love you, which is by bringing me the decapitated corpse of a squirrel. <laughs> so that's how, right. that's how Louisville says hello. Look, I brought you a bloody body. I love you. All right, you ready? Timer ready? Um, going. Bill, let's do the the S&P Plus. You ready? Number 25, San Diego State. Hey, they lost to South Alabama, but they're still good at football. Yeah, South Alabama now. Well, and actually, I can't say this for sure because I haven't checked the the most recent rankings. Uh, At the time that they beat, um, uh, hell, who did they beat midweek? Uh, oh, but I know anyway, Mississippi State and San Diego State this year. Yeah, so they beat basically the three teams on their schedule with the um, – no, 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 Troy came back and beat them. Never mind. This is just I'm, – I'm wrecking this out of the gate. Anyway, South Alabama has played good against good teams and bad against bad teams, uh, and they somehow beat San Diego State, and San Diego State's very good. San Diego State crushed a, a inexcusably bad, I think, San Jose State team at this point. Um, and they've done. They've looked exactly like they were supposed to look for us to get our twelve and zero Boise versus twelve and zero San Diego State matchup. Except they fell asleep in uh, in Mobile, and you know who doesn't? Who doesn't have bad days in Mobile? Number twenty four, Western Michigan. They take care of Eastern Michigan. They didn't look fantastic on defense in the directional Michigander Classic. But Bill, they have. This is what's left at Ball State, at Kent State, Buffalo, and Toledo. It's time to talk about a potentially undefeated Western Michigan team. And another school, actually, no, Boise's not in your top twenty-five. So, oh no, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, oh, slipped I up. Hang on, I tell you what, yeah, we're, let's, talk, we're let's talk about Western Michigan real fast, and then we'll pair yeah. that with Boise. How about that? Okay, sure, sure. All right, well, hey, right, let, let's just hang tight on Western Michigan for a second. All right, All right. A, another team we're going to skip because they played someone else in the rankings, uh, and that would be Miami coming in at twenty-three. We're just scooting right past this number twenty-two, Nebraska. Hey, they're seven and zero still. Yeah, and they. Beat Purdue. We can de- we can definitively de- definitively say that they won that game. They did. Uh, it they, was a football game. It was a football game. They managed to uh, give up 309 uh, passing yards to uh, the only quarterback in the country whose last name sounds like uh, you know reaction to the team itself. David Bluch. Um 
I don't know if that's actually how you pronounce it. his name. It's probably not. But Bill, the arm the, the armchair analysis might be the right one. We got us a really good looking Iowa here. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying Nebraska seven and zero. Feels I'm good. Say really good looking either. They were up seventeen fourteen on Purdue heading into the fourth quarter. But no, I said are, no, no, no. I said a really good looking Iowa. I know, but they're not that much better than that, that Iowa team was last year. So I'm yeah, they got they have plenty to prove to me. But they're undefeated. So you know, if they suddenly become a Tom Osborne team next week, then all their goals are on the table. Uh, number twenty one. This is probably a point of contention for Nears ears fans. I always want to say Nears it's ears. West Virginia is twenty first in your rankings, and this is going to be the team. That other than Penn State, but it's probably going to be talked about the most this week as they continue to climb up the the polls and the rankings and what such. Uh, at six and zero, why are they still so low? Um, well, part of it is that they really weren't very good the first month of the year. So, I mean, they they beat Missouri. They looked decent doing it. Um, they you know that game could have been closer. They gave up a bunch of scoring chances. Whatever. They looked okay against what Youngstown State. They creeped by BYU in a game they really did shouldn't have won. Like my win expectancy for them in that game was twenty five percent. But then these last few weeks now they they looked good in surviving Kansas State, a decent Kansas State team. They looked excellent against Texas Tech, and now they looked um, they looked good against TCU. It was kind of a, a, a you know they only outgained TCU by eighty nine yards. That's not typically what a thirty four to ten game would usually tell you um but you know they they did what they needed to do and and good for them they they got what the that early touchdown was created by on a really really short field but um whatever they're a good team and they're undefeated and if they want to get better then they can go out and win the big 12 and and have a big bowl game and and completely turn around dana holgerson's career it's just the numbers aren't completely and totally impressed with them yet number 20 is a usc team that was on a bye and has cooled the insaner side of the conversation with a four and three record recently but uh we don't talk too much about buys on our sunday recaps just want to throw out there real fast this is how weird a season that they have left Cal, Oregon, Washington, UCLA, Notre Dame. Big swings either way here. I think definitively we know that Washington is probably going to tar them. But other than that, really big potential swings here. I mean, I'm really curious about that Washington game. Obviously, it's in Seattle, and we know that that crowd has had years of pent up. Like, they're ready for all of these games this time around. But uh, USC's looked excellent for three straight weeks um you know obviously you know they beat beating colorado at all makes you look pretty good and they did it despite some turnover issues uh and then they destroyed arizona and arizona state obviously cal uh washington and probably ucla are better than arizona and arizona state oregon might be still i'm not sure notre dame might be i'm not sure but uh you know regardless if they look like they have they can challenge they, they should win at least four of these five and that's, that kind of stinks because I have this vision in my head now of a Colorado-Utah Pac-12 South division decider. Yeah. And I'm kind of worried that USC is just going to kind of wreck that plan. We're definitely going to put a pin in this and talk more about USC on, on Wednesday because I'm actually getting interested in one of the usually most overhyped, overexposed programs in the country because of what they have left. And also because of when I talk to coaches and talk to people about how things will settle in the offseason and in the silly season – uh, USC is just sort of like a finger in a dam right now, and yep. and depending on how long the finger stays in the dam depends on a lot of shifts out west, and the western culture of coaching is isolated from the rest of the country. We'll get into that later this week. We're skipping number 19 Ole Miss. We'll see them again in a minute. Number 18, Boise State. Um, I, I can't really say, I, you know, uh, hashtag Godfrey was right or anything like that because I said that Boise BYU would be weird late on a Thursday night. Um, yes, of course it was going to be weird. It was good and weird, though. 
It was solid weird. <laughs> and now and now Boise gets to kind of gets to see the horizon from here. So let's talk about Boise and let's talk about Western Michigan. Um, oh, I'll just do the talk radio thing to you because we're moving fast. Who's the better and more deserving team if they're both undefeated? I say Boise. Boise. Yeah. yeah. It's just I a mean, virtue Western, of the schedule. Western Michigan, uh, their offense is, might be like the best unit of any of them. Uh, I really like their offense, although, I mean, Boise, Boise gained almost 600 yards last week against BYU, so maybe that's a uh, incorrect thing to say. But those two, both of them have good offenses. I trust Boise's defense more. Uh, Boise, BYU's good. We've established that BYU's good. Boise State went out and outgained them by 255 yards on Thursday. It, it got weird. Uh, it's kind of funny that BYU got outgained that much and still had a chance to win despite some special teams miscues. Um, as well, but it, you know, it's, it was, it was weird. God, Godfrey said it was weird and it was weird, but, um, they look good. They look bold very, prediction, very good. bold prediction on my part. Um, <laughs> Hey, guess what? It's America's team at number 17, Colorado Buffaloes. They won a low scoring lacrosse game. They won a fiver. <laughs> they, they won a game in which the opponent put up a fiver. Uh, they take care of Stanford. I do not want to talk about this relative to Stanford. I want to talk about this relative to a six and two Colorado team. that's four and one in, in conference play. Um, I, I don't, I feel, I feel a little bad about wrapping this whole thing in a fun meme because this is a legitimately good and fun and interesting football team. Yeah. And we're not seeming like I mean, all jokes aside, this is a team that's gonna that's gonna contend for the division and is going to be I don't know what I, I mean, God, it's a little early yet to figure out which some of these schools and this is a latent theme that's emerging of, of rebuilds and rebrands and all this kind of stuff. I don't know what longevity has yet for them. I haven't really looked that that much, but um it's it's a huge validation of Mike McIntyre and it's it's a nice piece of um, it, it'll be a great example for a lot of ADs who, who want to stand by and embattle probably seven or eight win coach in December. Um, yeah. th- this is, this is your blueprint for that, at least for now. Yeah. I mean, a lot of teams, um, you know, this is basically his third year leap in a fourth year because last season was just wrecked by injuries and whatnot, but we're seeing, you know, them and uh, like East, Eastern Michigan, there are quite a few like third year b- jumps this year where you didn't really see it coming because it was, I mean, it was pretty bad. And then suddenly it was good. That happens a lot. I mean, you, we talk about year zero. That's one of the things that people ascribe to me now, which I don't, which I don't think is fair. Cause I don't think I created it, but, um, like sometimes you have two years zero. Sometimes it takes a couple of years to uh, get your type of player and get your two deep flushed out and built and everything. And um, Colorado in his second year looked like they were improving a decent amount. And I kind of expected them to break through in 2015, but they got crushed. Like the entire two deep got obliterated. I think especially defense. Uh, so it, it was really hard to figure out what to expect from them this year. They come out with a basically a, they're number 31 in def- offense right now and 15 in defense. 15 in defense. Um, that, they are a well-rounded team. This isn't like, hey, they've got a great quarterback and he's about to graduate and then everything starts over. Uh, they've won games with their backup quarterback, uh, and they're good on both sides of the ball. I, I, <laughs> it's a good team. It's a good, well-rounded team. And if USC does them a favor uh, by losing another game, Colorado's – Got to be favored each of the last four games of this year. There are rebrands, there are reinvigorations, and then there are true by the book def- defined rebuilds. Um, this is the latter. I had a coach oh, yeah. tell me that this Man. is in Colorado's case. Not all rebuilds are created equal. That, that, they fell so far uh, at the end of the Hawkins era, and then the, with John Embry, that was just a decrepit too deep that he inherited. And here we are. Uh, we'll skip two real fast. Number sixteen, Penn State. Number fifteen, Texas A and M. We'll move up to number 14, Florida State. Um, it was kind of funny last night during the primetime games. People are – people, but 
ESPN, ABC obviously invest heavily in sort of manipulating the ACC games into, you know, they, they put that with the Big Ten games. And next week is Clemson, Florida State, and it obviously doesn't have the shine um, that we thought it would. But at the same time, it's still probably going to be a hell of a game. This yeah, is Florida State's be good. very good. Florida State, their offense is very good. It's glitchy. Uh, it, was, it was especially glitchy early in the year, and then, they've, you know, it might have found a couple new glitches these last couple of weeks, um, before the bye anyway. Uh, and then their defense has absolutely improved over the last two to three games. So um, they are a team that, you know, we've seen. Well, Clemson's been a little bit bipolar, especially on offense. We assume now this will be one of the times, you know, it's, it does seem like uh, uh, Davos Winnie has a few cards to play. Like, I only want to run uh, Deshaun Watson into the ground a few times a year. He played that card against Louisville. One assumes he'll play that card against Florida State. And knowing Clemson, it'll be just enough to get by. Uh, this, this is going to be a hell of a game, though. Number 13, Oklahoma. My God, uh, <laughs> uh, there, there, there's on brand and then there's on brand. This is yeah, still they fun. are increasingly on brand. This is a good football team, but it is also not in in every, specific every week, areas. Every week, the offense gets the offensive ratings go up and the defensive ratings go down. Like I was defending, like two weeks ago, I was defending Mike Stoops because people were tell, talking about how bad their defense was. But I was like, yeah. you know, relative to competition, and they're still in like I think the fifties defensively, uh, and then they were in the seventies, and now they're number ninety. <laughs> they, I mean, it is dragging them down, and maybe it won't affect them the rest of the year. They've lost to two good teams, and now they're five and two. But uh, yeah, that defense. Um, it's. I tell you what, we'll talk about the Big Twelve in just a second. Um, uh, as far as the title picture goes, hey, number twelve, Virginia Tech. They beat a Miami team that everyone wants to say is flailing or faltering now. I think they're just probably arriving at a you know one a higher level of competition. But um, so this game on Thursday night um, was messy in spots, but again. Uh, I, I still think that this offense is ahead of schedule relative to what they had and what they got and the time they had to work with it with a Juco transfer quarterback and a new system. Um, I like this Hokie team a lot. Um, this is probably tier two, number one team in the ACC. This is the cul-de-sac I keep talking about, and they, they seem to be right where they need to be. And they're going to be favored in each of the final five games of the year, too. So keep that in mind. I, they they are they are rapidly now. I mean, they laid an egg against Syracuse. Maybe they'll do it again. But they have a very good shot at ten and two uh, in the Coastal title this year. Um, real fast on, on Miami, though, I, I don't think they're faltering. I think obviously the deficiencies were more than just letting Brad Kaya or coming in and having Mark Rick as a quarterback whisperer fix Brad Kaya. Obviously, the issues go a little bit deeper than that, and that's yeah. okay. I mean, I, I think they're faltering a little. Uh, you know, they are not. They were really – I understand competition is, plays a role there, but so do injuries. I mean, they had a ton of injuries, um, and it's really started to add up a little bit for them. So, uh, well, injuries and dismissals both, I guess. But they uh, do not have a very deep team. Uh, depth kind of becomes – is more of an issue in October than September and then in November in, in Octo- than in October, and I think we're seeing that. I felt bad. I made a little snarky uh, remark about, hey, look, they're faltering after losing to FSU. Never seen that one before. I felt kind of bad because I do think there's a reason for – this year, and it's mostly that depth thing. But um, I mean, half their damn two deep is questionable for Notre Dame this coming week. But you know, I mean, there's just right, and, and that that's indicative of, of issues long before Rick got there. Um, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, oh, saw, yeah. I saw my friend Uncle Luke already starting to already starting to gnash teeth. It's just. <laughs> it, 
It takes way more time than anyone in Miami wants to invest um, in terms of fans. And it, it was um, a tease. It really was. Like, I probably – they would have probably been happy with four and three or, well, at least semi-satisfied with four and three at the beginning of the year because they knew. But then you get this glimpse of this high ceiling, and then you come out and you lay the wood to Florida State early on in that game, uh, and then you're starting to think, man, we're back. We're, we're going to be like 12 – we're going to be like 11-1 this year. And so then to end up where you th- were supposed to be feels disappointing, and that's where they are. Hey, Bill, it's Baylor. Hey, Baylor. Hey, Baylor, they're at 11. Um, Do they have bye weeks every week, by the week? It kind of seems like they've uh, not played in a month. I guess they scrimmaged Kansas last week. But. Sometimes when we're running through these real fast, and if it was a, a, a team that's in the middle rankings and they, they played a team of no consequence or FCS, something like that, I have to jog my memory real fast. And they, did they play? Did they? I always feel like that with Baylor. Yeah. Um, they And a lot of that is because of who they've played. But, yes, they did have two bye weeks wrapped around a win over Kansas. So, yeah, I mean, they are now they have Texas. Now they have TCU. Now they have Oklahoma. Now they have K-State. And they end the year with what may be the de facto conference championship game yep. uh, at West Virginia. So let's just talk about real fast. Um, Oklahoma still has a identity that can beat Baylor. It might take 140 points. Well, right. Combined, I mean, yeah. But they, the, according to these numbers, they have the best offense in the country, so they can beat anybody because of that. But, oof, yeah, it's going to be uh, – boy, that was – that game yesterday wore me down. That was ridiculous. That that's I, I love tempo, and I love spread, and I love uh, big plays. And it, But it, it, you reach a point kind of like where Baylor reached in about 2011 where, or 2011-12 where I'm just like, come on, come on. You can't, you can't go this far. I turn into Chris Spielman after a while. Speaking of bye weeks, um, Wisconsin beat uh, Iowa seventeen to nine. I don't know what we can really draw from that, other than Wisconsin's five and two. I'm totally fine with them being number ten. Do you have anything to anything to add there? No, that game was a very Wisconsin Iowa game yesterday. I watched before I left for the tailgate. I watched the first half at least, and it was it was very B one G. I mean, that was your blueprint early morning. You know, everybody's still getting their tailgate set up. <laughs> this is just going to be on because we want to make sure the satellite dish is working. That's definitely how it felt to me. Um, Hey, there's, uh, there's Florida. Also Florida's at number nine. Uh, not much to say about Florida at the moment uh, other than, you know, a backloaded schedule and here we come. And um, I know comparative, you know, one-to-one is stupid, but so a lot of people were pointing out on Twitter last night, this is a Florida team that did not score a lot of points against a Missouri team that gave up a ton of, to MTSU. So, um, yeah, that, those were two. Uh, one game had like 200 snaps and the other had like 140. That was a completely different universe. They're, they're pretty, well, their defense is way better than MTSU's and their offense is worse. So that's what you get. Florida's offense is probably be unmasked here or validated well, very, very but soon. But look, I mean, they're still, they're going to be favored against Georgia. They're going to be favored probably against Arkansas unless they lose to Georgia. Uh, they're going to be favored against South Carolina and against Florida State. The only game they're not going to be favored in is LSU. If they pull an upset, they're 11-1. Uh, they probably okay. won't, but you know it's that's how close they are to something to really kind of re- sneaking up in late October in late November and going wait if they beat Alabama they're in the playoff really and that's where we are number eight LSU um, yeah Ole Miss is just going to continue to be the 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 best X loss team in the country by virtue <laughs> of analytics and perception and probably some smoke and mirrors and some disingenuous uh, stock that we've put into them but uh, man so Leonard Fournette's back. Here's the summary of this game. Uh, <laughs> Ole Miss came out and jumped jumped real fast because that's what they do. Yep. Um, they're efficient like a firecracker, um, and they've got a 
the same longevity of a, of a firecracker. This metaphor is careening. But then LSU figured out that, oh, wait, now we have probably two, the best running back tandem in the country, if not the two best running backs in the country. So we're just going to do that because Arkansas ran all over Ole Miss. And that was sort of it. You can kind of wrap the game up from there. There were some interesting turnovers by both teams. And, and you can see if Chad Kelly wasn't on the way out the door, you could see an Ole Miss passing game that could be just absolutely devastating next year, but they're going to have a personnel change. Uh, LSU has as much a shot against Alabama as anybody. That's the nicest thing I can say. Um, this is a, but this is a new team. It is a dynamic team, and I also thought they played their ass off on defense and were physical. Uh, so, you know, it's 10 nothing Ole Miss uh, approaching the late stages of the first quarter, like three and a half minutes left. First and 10 from the LSU 41. Uh, Fournette takes the handoff. And the uh, the crowd, like I, I didn't even have the TV up that loud, but just this like primal pent up for a month just as he exploded to the 50 and the 40 and the 30 and the 20. Uh, that was uh, just the most ca- most cathartic moment of the weekend, I think, watching Le- Leonard Fournette suddenly be Leonard Fournette again. Uh, and then he did it a few more times after that. Uh, that was a really, really fun game to watch just because of that catharsis angle. Hey, what the hell happened with Auburn? <laughs> They're good. Um, S&P tried to tell us, and neither of us really took it very seriously. The Tigers come in at number seven. Um, they... Did, I don't know. I come up with a verb for it. They they beat uh, they beat Arkansas. They disrespected every, Arkansas. I mean, yeah. I tell you what, though, there's still low key heat with Malzahn and Bielema. Don't let don't let any PR event in Destin in the offseason tell you otherwise. Well, they scored 28 points in the second half, so yeah. And there's a reason for it. Also, I think I think Malzahn is kind of quietly been coaching for his job in circles and it's been overshadowed by so many other seismic changes in the landscape but this was this was a redefinition of of the of the state of auburn and they needed that badly they get an ailing Ole miss team next week so they could be six and two and remember i preached anxiety anxiety all over this program i'm not saying it still can't fall apart in the stretch and how they how they handle themselves against alabama is one thing we will we'll put a pin on auburn until until another or to, uh, sorry a pin in arkansas until another show but the their their wild swings are, are increasingly interesting to me um we have a auburn, lot still left to go auburn uh i'm betting they're probably going to be favored against Ole miss now at least slightly uh, yeah coming into oxford i would say yeah they'd probably uh, be a slight if assuming they're a slight favorite there they're going to be a big favorite against vanderbilt a reasonably big favorite against georgia they're going to crush alabama a&m obviously so we are looking at nine and two auburn versus 11 and oh uh alabama and it's in tuscaloosa and alabama's awesome but still yeah. like, suddenly that's 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 iron bowl again that feels that's big again yeah, well, if ESPN and Feinbaum can get enough smoke around that, they'll hype the shit out of an otherwise probably another fate accompli game for, hey, for Alabama. We thought we thought 2013 was going to be fate accompli. That's all we need to. That's all we need to bring up. Washington's still good. They're at number six. I want to yeah. say more. Thi- I want to say more things, but I don't know what we can say. No, I feel like I, they're in a, they're in a Baylorish sort of stasis up up way up here in the north but of the I rankings think we've seen these last two weeks we've seen that there is massive value in simply handling your business uh it gets harder yep. to do as the season goes on and they're just quietly they 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 hit fifth gear for the big moments but their their fourth gear is really good and they have not had to leave fourth gear very much this year 
They strike me as every time I'm checking in on them, they're always if if, if uh, playing an eight instead of playing a king will work. They're always going to play a low card just just to keep it efficient. <laughs> yeah. They're not they're not going to overextend themselves until they yeah, have they're to. They're still going to win by thirty points, so it's a good place to be. Uh, number five, Ohio State. Oh, so much to talk about here. Uh, you know, narrative shifted. It, it is correct. They do control their destiny in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. The playoff is not out of their no, – uh, they have not been knocked out of the playoff at any stretch. It was just funny how that they immediately reverted to that narrative, whereas you have a Penn State team that you're well, – let's start there. Your rankings have liked uh, Penn State, by the way, down at 16 um, for a while now. Tell me why. Well, I mean – the biggest thing was they didn't, um, you know, our eyeballs really punished them uh, for getting crushed by Michigan, but everybody gets crushed by Michigan. So that was yeah. part of, that's part of it. They looked good against Pittsburgh. Uh, they would have won that game as often as not, but they, you know, they lost in the last minute. They uh, absolutely, they looked absolutely fantastic against, against Maryland, against Kent state, against these teams that we were like, well, yeah, they should, but it was still impressive the way they looked in those games. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, they just, they've, they've looked like a good team and, and against Ohio state. I mean, that was lucky. They, you know, the win expectancy thing was only like 30, 35% for them in that game, I think, because, you know, they got out gained and they needed two blocked kicks, one of which returned for a touchdown to win the game. But the point of Penn state right now is they were good enough to be close enough to, you know, if they get those breaks, they win. It's not like they get those breaks and only lose by 14. Uh, They only needed a couple of breaks to beat a really good Ohio state team. And that's, they are a top 20 team and that's, there's no getting around that. Now they might be a top 15 team uh, and they might, you know, we were talking about uh, earlier in the week, I think about how, okay, so they lose to Ohio state, but then they're, they're going to be favored every game down the stretch. They could look pretty good. Uh, They beat Ohio state. And so 10 and two is very, very much on the table. Now they at Indiana is always going to be weird and tricky. Iowa is always going to kind of drag you down to a certain base level. That's going to be hard to overcome. They could, they could lose again, but even if they get upset now, they're nine and three. Uh, This is, this has been the year James Franklin absolutely needed. And it's funny to talk about that considering how, how down we were, um, uh, and just about how oh they lost a pit it's it's he needs oh I mean every week on the Wednesday show I, I I would just mention the Penn State game more as a checking in to see how far you know how close that that bell was was tolling to to, to James Franklin but now this is a, we'll get into this more later this is a sea change this is an absolute referendum they looked really good against Minnesota and then blew it and then won anyway and I think that you know we might look back on that as the turnaround moment because then they look spectacular against Maryland and they look really good against Ohio State um, and they're young they're a super young team that's uh, suddenly looking really good oh man Clemson By number the way, four we, we I, I was bragging before we got started today I was bragging about how well we are how good we are doing with these uh, time things like I don't even have to watch the timer now like we're we just one minute per team anyway. yeah we're under a minute to go and we've got uh th- four teams left so uh, well good we can kind of slide past Clemson their number four we talked about Florida State in that matchup so we'll get into them this week um oh hey there's Bama they destroyed Texas A&M yeah, even when they like, even when they were behind, they were in control. Like they were way more efficient than A and M in the first half, and it really that was kind of. And I need to catch up and watch the the rest of the game. I only caught part of it last night, but um, I mean, they just this they will outlast you, even if you come out of the gates uh, looking pretty good. They're just going to outlast you. We have to figure out a new context in which to look at Alabama games, both like in terms of how Alabama was successful and what teams couldn't do, because. 
it's not just inevitability. It, I don't know. It's like the framework in which they're beating teams right now. We have to just figure out a well, new just, way. To, they've adapted. They it really like we've said many times. Like it was Al, uh, Nick Saban saying, "Is this what we want football to be?" As confirmation that so now he beats people at that version of football, and it's 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 amazing. And and it's I I'm tired of raving about them, but it's just amazing to see what they've done, and they're doing it with a freaking freshman quarterback. They're just not making mistakes. They're just not. I mean, that's uh, it's again. This is why I'm saying we need to find new contacts on Alabama relative to to week by week commentary yeah. because I can't create anything that isn't a cliche or a dumb meme. But they just don't. They have not made mistakes in any capacity. Um, number two, I, you know what's funny is we should just sit here and dwell on on the inevitability of Alabama. Number two, Louisville. They yeah. jumped them in the in the S and P Plus. We got something to talk about here. Okay, you take, you take a team that uh, almost beat Clemson, should have beaten Clemson, absolutely, and then you go up forty four nothing at halftime on them. Um, that kind of <laughs> that makes an impact because I, I think the way the best way to maybe put it is that Louisville has shown the most pure, uncut, raw upside of any team in this country because of Lamar Jackson. Yes. and uh, I mean they're not the most they're clearly not the most consistently good team. That's either Michigan or Alabama. Um, but just in terms of pure bursts of upside, they are like Ole Miss with a better defense and a well and a better quarterback. Uh, I love yes. Jack Kelly, but uh, you know that's that's pretty much where they're at. They have these they, they're unstable. They turn the ball over. They do a bunch of things you probably can't do to win the national title. But when they look good, they look better than anybody else. God, it's ninety nine Virginia Tech. <laughs> It really is. Um, number one's Michigan. We're okay with that. You're okay with that. Everyone's okay with that. Don't argue that. Yeah. Um, it they're they're settling into a uh, a boring level of the. Okay, I tell you what. Let's put them in a vacuum real fast, yeah. Bill. I know we're already over time here. Michigan dominance, Alabama dominance. I I well, I think it's a trust thing. I just trust Alabama for for very obvious reasons. Um, but Michigan has done nothing this year to to make us waver at all about how good they are. I mean, obviously they you know they needed their offense, their special teams kind of let them down. Their offense kind of let them down against Wisconsin. But Wisconsin's really good, and they still won by they still won by a touchdown against Wisconsin with bad special teams. So they're just I think it, for me I trust Alabama. I think everybody trusts Alabama more because they've kind of sort of won for the, what the last eight national titles. Mm-hmm. But, um, but Michigan has just been awesome. Here's and then there's this kind of extreme effect with Michigan too. So here are the top five defenses in defensive S and P plus right now, uh, according to like the adjusted points per game. So Wisconsin's five, allowing twelve point four adjusted points per game. Uh, Alabama's four, eleven point nine. Florida's three, eleven point three. Uh, Clemson's two, eleven point zero. And mm-hmm. Michigan's one, zero point eight. Like they are more than 10 points better than any other defense in the country. And that's probably not sustainable, honestly. Um, Like at some point, like you can't probably keep that up over 15 games, but that's how good they've been this year. They're deep. Their offense is fine. Our offense is 19th. Uh, Their defense is absolutely untouchable. Well, I tell you what, you can sustain it for a little while longer when you're playing Michigan state, Maryland and Iowa in the next three games. So you're probably going to sustain it until then. I mean, you're really looking at Indiana. And, but it's, even and, that's in Ann Arbor, so... Right. It, yeah. That's that's why I said Indiana, like I was having a stroke. <laughs> uh, you're kind of looking at Indiana and before the big, before the big game, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, Michigan just 
kind of kind of settle in. Um, again, I don't know. We start comparing just uh, boring, soul-sucking dominance. I, you have to talk about those two programs. Bill, we ran over. We'll try and do better. Um, we'll be back this Wednesday with plenty to talk about. Stopwatches cannot contain us anymore. It only contained us for like three weeks. Oh, well. We tried. Yeah, We tried. We'll see you Wednesday. Yep.